You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jamie Dumont. I'm Jennifer Samard. I'm Rob Russo. And this, and this is, is The Fabulous, Fabulous Invalid. Now we're just doing it yeah. together. Like we're, there's no cues. I'm not waving my arms. We're simpatic. We're just mm-hmm. in. We're in. We're in cue. No. Sync. We're in sync. We're in sync. Ooh. <laughs> Yike. Suh. I'm very tired today. Aww. Yeah. Hi. Why are you tired? Can you- um. I had a very. So I went. I have a house upstate. It's a creaky old house. I went up on Sunday and spent the night alone. And on the two and a half hour drive up, I listened to nothing but serial killer podcasts. And then I convinced myself from about 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. that I was going to be murdered in my sleep. And they're they're living in the attic. They you know are. That. They are. Something's living in that attic. So yeah, I'm a little tired today because I just haven't caught up on. And and last night, Rob and I went to Miscast, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Oh yeah, my some my castmates did a riff yeah, on Jersey did. Boys. Uh-huh. We had a good time, didn't we, Rob? We had a really great time. I have to say, my two highlights. No one asked, but I'm going to volunteer them. <laughs> um, Eva Noblezada sang um, "I Can Go the Distance" from Hercules, and not only did she like bring down the house, but it was the perfect song for her voice. It was a brilliant choice. I have often dreamed of a far off place where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me where the crowds will cheer when they see my face and the voice keeps saying this is where I'm meant to be I'll be there someday I can go the distance I will find my way if I can strong I know every mile will be worth my while when I go the distance I'll be right where I belong and then since the whole theme of the evening is miscast right 
folks do gender swaps. Um, and Stephanie J. Block performed Guido's song from Nine, which was a tour de force. I mean, I have spent the day you know listening the song, to Nine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then Stephanie J. Block is just a national treasure. So uh, it was a real treat to hear her sing a song that you would otherwise never get a chance to hear her sing, or it, any woman, really. It it's... did feel like the beginning of the Tony race. <laughs> Right? Beth Level was there. Mm-hmm. Kelly uh, O'Hara. Kelly O'Hara. They all were in top form. It really felt yeah, like the beginning of the... They're going to have all... the whole group of people is going to have a lot of appearances. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it, that's a job in and of itself, yeah. We have Warren Carlyle coming in today. That's very exciting. I love him so much. You've worked with him. I have. He's a favorite of mine. He's a favorite of... He's come up on the show a couple of times. Yes, we've, we've, yeah. we've mentioned in various conversations. And I found him directly as shows, for sure. Um, and we haven't had a choreographer on the show, so that's a really exciting conversation I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. What, what? else? How was your weekend, Jennifer? My, my weekend was good. I, I, had, a, I had a mini accomplishment you know I'm a nerd, we all know this, but I set a mini boundary for myself and I'm going to make it a weekly thing. I know what this is because I got, I got the boundary slap this morning. Oh, I can't wait. You did? Yeah. Did, the, did the email bounce back to you? Yeah, well, tell us what you Oh, did. okay, we'll have to look into that. No, I'm starting, you know, midnight Sunday night till allegedly midnight Tuesday. I'm, I have an auto-reply set up on my business email because I realized... Uh, it still gives me the option to check my email and certainly the option to respond in the case of an emergency. But I realized I was spending sometimes hours of my one day off handling business that probably could wait mm. till the next day. And while it sounds like a small thing, when you have only one day off, you work six days a week, um, I find it really helpful to really detach and really decompress. And it just makes me a better employee for the other six days. Because I really value being on time and my life's so scheduled and I love not having having to do mm-hmm. anything. But I want people to know I am checking, I'll get back to you, but it's gonna be my new policy. Congratulations for setting that boundary. Well, on that note, maybe we should get ready for our guest, Warren Carlyle. Yeah. Woohoo! Wait, was somebody else gonna say something? Did I I feel like I stopped, I stepped on something. I stepped on your constitution. No, I was just talking about what the constitution means to me. Do you wanna keep talking about it? I mean, I can if you want. No, I mean, you did post something today, though, about a review that I we did. should read. I have yeah. not had a chance. So, to yeah, so uh, Jose Solis, who's a, a, a critic, um, I know he's on the nominating board at the Drama Desk, and he has a podcast. Uh, and a competing. Is that the not, that's not the, again, <laughs> again, that's not the right word. Competing. He's a, he's a competitor. Well, sure. Um, but <laughs> this is where Rob is so frustrating to me. <laughs> You're so. Good about all that stuff. Thank you. You don't have a like a mean bone in your body. I, I, I well, I try not. Um, anyway, he he uh, he took his seventeen-year-old niece to see the show, um, and he's uh, Latino and she's Latina, um, and uh, posted for his review of the show. It was a conversation between him and his niece, um, and he made the point, which is you know quite uh, relevant, that this might be the only review of the show by a person of color. Because if you look at the New York press corps, but for Hilton Isles at the New Yorker, um, pretty much everyone's white. Uh, so, and you know, uh, for a show that a good portion of it, not to spoil anything, um, is is about you know certainly women, but also um, you know elevating people of color and marginalized groups historically. Um, so I shared that because I think it's really important, you know, to have um, diverse voices uh, writing and talking about the theater. Um, 
And I also shared my own review because <laughs> I hope people will read it as well because I'm very proud of it. Um, but yeah, just a phenomenal show that um, is, I think, what, what people want theater to be. <laughs> are, are there a lot of female theater critics? You said there aren't? There are. I mean, there there are a handful, um, but not you know at the, at the time, sort of the second string critics are are women, um, and Sarah Holdren at New York Magazine um, is uh, I think one of the best people writing about the theater, like ever anywhere, um, but certainly there's room for progress. For a long time, um, the critic of it at Newsday was the only female critic, like at all, um, and thankfully that's changing. Let's welcome our guest, Warren Carlyle. Let's do it. This week, we are joined by director and choreographer Warren Carlyle. A trained dancer born in England, Warren served as Susan Stroman's associate choreographer on Oklahoma and The Producers and has now worked on 14 Broadway shows, winning a Tony and a Drama Desk for his choreography for 2014's After Midnight. His most recent work includes choreography for the smash revivals of Hello, Dolly! and Kiss Me, Kate, which just opened last month. Welcome, Warren! Hello! Hi. 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 We're so excited you're here. I personally love you so, so much. I've rarely felt more taken care of and safe with any choreographer than oh, you, sir. We had a really good time together. A really good time. And it was it was love at first sight. It was love at first sight because I watched you go through award season. We met that's that actually, 2014. That's, right. that's where we You know, really I, met. I watched you go through that. I watched your performance that I just was such a fan of. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it really was love at first sight. And then the audition for Dolly yes. in the in the hallway at 42nd Street Studios. Mm-hmm. So I've I've long been a fan. I love you. <laughs> and I'm so excited for this. Have you guys seen Kiss Me Kate I have. yet? Yes, yes. Ooh. It's fun, isn't <laughs> oh it? Oh my gosh. It's yeah. really fun. I didn't realize, I didn't really know the show. I, I saw the last revival, mm-hmm. but didn't really remember, I think. And, yeah. and this one, I just, oh my God, I had so much fun. Such I had so much fun doing it. And so much dance and so much opportunity for dance and great music and Cole Porter. I mean, that's, that's who right. I was in the room with. Mm-hmm. I was in the room with Cole Porter. How great was that? Oh and I have to say, uh, the choreography is just absolutely stunning. I mean, you know, you said there's so much opportunity for dance, and it feels like every single moment that could be possibly elevated to that, you know, I, I squeezed, I age. squeezed every yes, second. I squeezed did. it all out. And that's the show. I mean, as much as everybody knows Too Don Hot as being the big dance number, there's a lot of dance numbers in that show. That's I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of movement. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, it's battle of the sexes through, through dance. And what's right. a sexier way to communicate than, than dance? Mm. You know, men versus women, women versus men. It seemed like Tom, Dick, and Harry was a perfect opportunity for that. Kentiamo, even the grape dance, became this kind of crazy, like, female power dance. These women, these beautiful glamazon women in these barrels just became the show of strength. Mm. Um, And then Too Darn Hot is Too Darn Hot. And then Bianca became another something. Like, it just, the range of it was really interesting for me and, and challenging in a good way. That's great. It's nice to see a show like Kiss Me, Kate have a new life on Broadway and, and not be put in a box and forgotten about. Yeah, I, I like it. And it's a new audience. And, and I'm that audience. I mean, I'm a new generation that's discovering that show for the first time. Mm-hmm. How, how great is that? Yeah. 
really, how great is that? That there's a whole new generation of kids who are coming to the theater because of other shows too, right? They're coming because of Be More Chill or they're coming because of these other things. And now they, they're getting emboldened to see other shows and maybe they'll come see Kiss Me Kate. And there's, there really is something for everyone in the show. Well, taking a trip down memory lane back to the early, earlier part of your career, um, how did you make the leap, so to speak, from being a dancer to being a choreographer? You know, it's funny. It wasn't much of a leap. It was, it's fun. I think I've always choreographed. Mm -hmm. Even as a child, I choreographed. One of my earliest memories was listening to music and imagining people dancing. Mm -hmm. And now for a living, I sit in my apartment, I stare at the wall and I listen to music and I imagine people dancing. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing as I had as a child. Right. And actually, even as a young dancer, I was always choreographing. I would make routines for myself. I would make routines for my friends. At ballet school, I was always the person that put together the, the dances. Mm -hmm. I was always the one that had 10 ideas. So it, it, I don't think I've ever not been a choreographer or a, or a storyteller or a director. I think I've always just been doing that. And I, and I think I made a very easy transition. When I was 24, I choreographed my first West End show, a show called Pageant that I think was very successful here, ran off Broadway. Mm -hmm. uh, Bobby Longbottom, right? Greg Barnes did the costumes, uh, Bill Russell. Um, I choreographed that on the West End at 24, so I was already right. doing it. And then when I moved here in 2000 to be Stroman's assistant, that was a sideways step, but a somewhat calculated sideways step. Mm -hmm. um, and now I just get to do what I love every day. <laughs> well, I love the way you just described it, sitting in a room and just imagining people dancing, because I always wonder how much of choreography is planned in advance versus discovered in the room. Can you speak to that? Like what yeah, the I think everyone's different. I mean, that's my experience of it. I've assisted numerous people, and, and every single person I've assisted has a different process. Mm -hmm. My personal one is I'll plan about 60% mm -hmm. and leave the rest up to divine intervention. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or up to actors, too, because I like to, I like to listen, I like to watch, I like to include or incorporate what they have to offer. They'll have certain feelings about a character or certain thoughts about how they should move or what they, they'll have certain impulses and I never want to ignore that. Mm. I, want to, I want to have room in my heart and in my brain to be able to take that on board. And I think if I'm fully planned, 100% planned, there's not much room right. for them. And, and I like to leave room for them. And ultimately, it's about their success. You know, when you see Too Darn Hot and Kiss Me Kate, that is those dancers succeeding. It's them succeeding. That's what you applaud for. You applaud for the dancers. And then three days later, you applaud for me. <laughs> you know, you do. It's like, because you realize, wait, someone actually came up with that. Right. Like someone went and did dance music and someone thought about Battle of the Sexes. Someone thought about partnering. Someone thought about... Um, a Broadway hoofer, you know, and that's Corbin's language in that number. And but that applause comes three days after the fact. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's what's so wonderful about you, having worked with you. You always make it about other people. You, I, I honestly, I've, I've never felt so taken care of. I've said that earlier. I would love to work with you. Excuse me. I would love to work with you as a director because you can do everything, and it's all in one person. Uh, you know, I love doing it. I'm really passionate about actors. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not someone who's afraid of them. I'm not afraid of them. I love them. I love them all. They're all wonderful creatures. And dancers, too. It's like, God, this, this business is so hard. It's so unbelievably difficult on every level, at every level, that if you could lift someone up or support someone in some way or help someone succeed, that is, that is great work. That is great work. And, and I'm, I'm reflected in that. You know, I'm reflected in that applause for those dancers. So I, I, I love it. I love it. Well, I always admire dancers because I have like the worst like kinesthetic memory. 
I, I do one turn and I'm like, where was I? What's next? So watching folks do an extended dance number like Too Darn Hard, I'm just like, you know. I know, right? Hats off. It is. It's hats off to them. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the great thing about that applause is because the audience start to applaud for a number, like a regular Broadway show. And it goes, ba da ba ba da ba wow. And you clap because that's what you're taught to do. <laughs> and then you, you think about it and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Those people just danced for 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Holy shit, this is incredible. And then you feel, you feel that turning point in the applause. It's the most beautiful thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. And I've encouraged them when they're laying on the floor exhausted to open their ears and actually to accept it mm. in some way. That's when the applause becomes really real, yeah. right? In that moment. Yeah. That's the true joy in yeah, the applause. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very special thing. And for some reason, that number just... When, when do you as an audience get to clap for someone that isn't Bernadette Peters right. or that isn't Kelly O'Hara? Like, when do you get to clap for the, the gypsies or these chorus kids? It's like, actually, it's a really profound moment. And I spent my life as that. That's me. That's my mm. entire life. That's, that's everything I've done up until this point is me. That's, that's my 11-year-old self up on that stage. That's my heart on that stage. So the fact that the audience really get to appreciate dancers, you know, the chorus, mm. the ensemble, is a really... It's really lovely. It's a lovely moment. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Uh, just say yes. Just say, say yes. Say yes, no matter what. No matter what. Can you dance on that table? Yes. Can you do three Broadway shows in one season? Yes. <laughs> right? Can you be a director? Yes. Just, just say yes, because you'll always figure it out. And in a funny way, it allows you to keep moving. Mm -hmm. I think as a creator, as soon as you say no, you know, as, as a collaborator, if Jennifer was my director and said, I want you to stage that dance facing that way, and if I say no, it's, o it's over. The creation's over. So I've learned, even if I disagree with every fiber of my being to what Jennifer's asking me, I'm going to say yes. Life keeps happening every day. Say yes. When opportunity comes your way You can't start wondering what to say You'll never win if you never play Say yes Do you know I did a, I did a reading of Zorba with Antonio Banderas in 2010. This is just for us, but yeah. <laughs> just so you know. And John Kander, we were singing a chorus part, and he said, I'm missing the E in this one section. Jennifer, do you got it? Yes. <laughs> And we re-sang it, and I opened my mouth, and I didn't sing a note. And he said, thank you so much. <laughs> but I was joking. Yes. I said yes. I said yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Yes, I'll take a sip. Yes, I'll touch. Yes, of course. Yes, how nice. Yes, I happily. Thank you very much. That's the best <laughs> advice. I mean, honestly, that's the best advice is like give up all of your fears, give up all of your inhibitions, just be brave and just say yes. Yes. There's lots of chaff, but there's lots of wheat. Yes. Might get mugged as you walk the street, but on the other hand, you might greet that handsome stranger you've longed to meet. Say yes. Can you meet at eight o'clock tomorrow morning? Yes. Can you do a dance? 
in a circus? Yes. <laughs> Can you do a movie? Yes. Can you do a TV show? Yes. I just, it just, I think that's been the best advice. And it's something that I like to pass on. And it's something I like in the rehearsal room too. I'm really keen on that positive yes, environment. And, I'm, yes, and I hire people that say yes. Such and such. Yes, I'll try. Yes, I'll dare. And I do audition combos that test them too. You know, I'm famous for doing these very difficult dance combos and, and I do it for a reason because I'm testing, I'm testing their psyche as well as their talents. It's really important. These, these things are really, really important. And Kiss Me Kate is a company filled with people who have said yes, who are able to say yes. They put all of themselves to the side and, and with their whole heart they say yes. Well, I think this explains why you've worked at City Center Encores so many times. <laughs> because talk about a challenge, right? Putting it's up a whole fast. show in what, it's two It's really weeks? fast. It's really fast. And I call it a year and two weeks <laughs> because actually that's what it takes. Like that prep, I generally will prep for a year before I do one of those encores mm -hmm. because it's just terrifyingly fast. And there's no way to, to do the kind of detail you want to do in two weeks. And I, and I don't love surprises in that situation. You know, it's a highly pressurized situation. It's a New York institution. It's reviewed by the New York Times. So it's judged against a Broadway show, so I, I have to pay attention to it. Is there a freedom with that short rehearsal process? Is there some sort of ability to let go of stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to let go I of? I think that's a brilliant question. And, and yes is the answer, absolutely. There's total freedom because you can't second guess anything. It's all instinct. It's all your first, your first instinct, and that's what it is. There's something really great about it. And I do enjoy doing it. I think I've done eight, eight or nine encores now over the years. And I really love, I love doing them. One of them moved to Broadway, Finian's Rainbow, right? It did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. And After Midnight, you know, After Midnight oh, started right. there as yes. Cotton Club Parade, mm -hmm. um, a co-pro with Jazz at Lincoln Center that's and right. City Center. Yeah. And so that, that began there too. So mm -hmm. two, two out of 850. <laughs> You're sitting at a table with major After Midnight fans. Yes, oh, Big, big <laughs> After Midnight fans. Taking a lot for me not to gush. Yeah, I know. We were talking about it last, last night. night. Yeah. I mean, it was the perfect marriage of, of, of dance and, and, and costuming. The, the costumes on that stage <laughs> that the Toledos came up with, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen better costumes for a dance for a dancer to wear. They were beautiful. They were beautiful. It was such, and then there's a third element, which is the orchestrations. I mean, the way that that show sounded, I'm getting chills actually talking about it. I loved that show. Yeah, it was, it was really special. Thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was a special one for me too. One of those ones that just, I got to dream it and then it came true. Mm -hmm. It was one of those. And it's very, it's very rare that something, that a dream isn't, isn't uninterrupted. Mm. And that was a true uninterrupted dream. There's, there's something magical about tap dance that I think just <laughs> nothing compares to it. And it's so uniquely American, and it's so thrilling to watch. And, uh, you know, After Midnight was a perfect example. Kiss Me Kate, I mean, Corbin Blue is fantastic. Uh, what is it, 
I mean, can, can you explain what it is about tap dance that just makes it so entertaining? No, I think it's, I don't know. I think I like the percussive nature of it is really fun. It's certainly an emotional style of dance. It's highly emotional. I've never seen a sad tap dance. Mm. You know, there's, there's that too. You know, it's like, it's not really the dance you do when you're sad. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My kind of tap dancing tends to be joyous. Exuberant. Joyous and exuberant. And I like to look up at things, you know. I, f- I, f- I like to celebrate, celebrate Gower Champion in Hello, Dolly. Celebrate Duke Ellington in After Midnight. Um, celebrate the Cotton Club and those incredible performers of that time. And in Kiss Me, Kate, I get to celebrate Cole Porter. You know, I really get to look up at that. That's the first time I've dealt with Cole Porter. It's the first Porter show I've done. And I'm such a fan of it. I'm, I'm madly in love with it. And his lyrics are like tap dancing. I mean, his lyrics yeah. are so precise and they're, they're really strong. It's and, brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. And for me, it's also the marriage of the music and the lyric. When you think about the phrase, dee-da, dee-dee-da, and then the lyric, strange dear, but true dear, mm. that is brilliant. The yeah. marriage of music and lyric. I, I really, I feel like I went to school a little bit during Kiss Me Kate, certainly for, for songwriting. Mm. Strange dear, but true dear, when I'm close to you, dear, the stars fill the sky, so in love with you am I. And Tom Dicker Harry, which is just <laughs> one double entendre after another. Well, and can you believe in 1948 he got that by the censors? Right. <laughs> yeah. Dick, 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 a dick, a dick, 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 a dick, a dick, 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 a dick, a dick, 
dick, dick, dick. He got that by the senses. Yeah. And you've punctuated it quite well. That's yeah. I tried to. Their bodies are allowed to do one thing, but their faces have to remain in another place. <laughs> That's the key. Their faces yeah. have to remain in the, eleg- in the elegant place. Yeah. Otherwise, some other sensors might. Their, their, their hips can do one thing, but their emotions have to be quite elsewhere. Well, you mentioned Gower Champion just now. Um, and obviously, you know, you choreographed Hello Dolly, as we've mentioned. Um, when you were taking on that project, um, what was the process like to discover your choreography versus the iconic original? And was there a mixing of the two? Did you feel a pressure to honor it? Or yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel pressure to honor it. I felt inspired by it. Actually, I I, I like being a scholar. I like going to school. So the opportunity to sit at another choreographer's knee and learn something, fine by me. Yeah. Fine by me. Sunday clothes, I don't think you could do better than that parade, than that entrance. Everything beyond the entrance was me, mm-hmm. fine. Um, Waiter's Gallop was me. The number Hello Dolly was a mixture of Gower and I. But there's so much that was iconic about it. I just, I, I'm a believer of, uh, if it ain't broken, don't fix right. it, kind of. Yeah. And it's, I didn't feel like it was broken. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. There were opportunities with the polka, opportunities with the waiter's gallop, opportunities with parade, and, and lots of other numbers. But there were certain things in that show that I felt quite strongly about, that, sh- that we should be true to him. Mm. And how great that the audiences today could see something that was, that was born many years ago, right. you know, in a kind of really polished, right. highly so polished, well. yeah. yeah, like oh done to gosh. the best it could ever be done. Yeah. I remember that first preview of Waiter's Gallop, which was you and the audience. <laughs> would not stop no. applauding. And Kevin Ligon, who was so wonderful, who's in charge of breaking the yeah. breaking the applause, and he waited and waited and waited, oh, and it was delicious. Yeah, it's wonderful. It really... And that's the same thing as Too Darn Hot, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you just get to clap for those kids. Like, that's mm-hmm. really amazing. And Waiter's Gallop was, was a very similar thing. It was 12 minutes. I think it was seven sections in the end, and mm-hmm. 12 minutes of dance. That is, that is really something. It's yeah. really something. And you can only see that on Broadway. That's right. the other thing. It's right. like that's a, a very special, unique Broadway experience and something that I'm so proud and so grateful that I get to contribute to. So I have a question. It, this is sort of a processy question, but I have no idea how this works. How does choreography get recorded? How, does, how, does, how do you know the steps that Gower created for the original Waiter's Gallop, how does, how does one look that up? How does that get taught? You know, nowadays we just have YouTube. Yeah. That's, that's the glorious, that's the wonderful thing and the terrible thing, actually, <laughs> that it just video footage exists somewhere. We had some bootleg version of a national tour, and I took pieces from that. We had a bootleg version of a revival that Leroy Reams directed, right, at the Lunt. Right. Um, we had video of that. So we, there was video available to us, and I, and I took the, the most well-remembered, best-loved pieces of that and, and went to work on it. But, but in, that's in the case of Hello, Dolly. And in other stuff, it's lost, it's lost forever. You know, Jerome Robbins' um, On the Town, very little of that exists. Mm. That's, really, that's really lost. It doesn't exist anywhere. It's not mm. written down. It's not recorded. I think there's one thing from Jerome Robbins' Broadway, but that's all that exists of that show. So there's no process for actually writing steps down, or is there? There is. There's a very antiquated um, notation called Laban notation mm-hmm. that's notated on the musical staffs, um, but it's very antiquated now, and everyone has an iPhone, so we tend just to like hold our, hold our phones at it. 
now. Right. That's become our shorthand. And it sounds like certain things just weren't even, obviously, on the town, just was never, it was never put into the Laban. No. You'd have to interview someone who did the choreography, I yeah. guess. To, yeah. Right. To, that seems a shame to me. Yeah. That yeah. seems really... Well, that's why Gwen Verdon was such a, an important yeah. figure, because she kept that legacy alive. Incredible. She was incredible. She and knew. I had the pleasure, you know, I had the pleasure of working with Gwen. We did Fosse together. Hmm. So I learned Fosse in the, when they had the Broadway company at the Broadhurst, and I went back to the West End and staged it with Gwen. Wow. So we spent oh a number Lord. of months together, Gwen and I, and she was very, very, very special and very instrumental, actually, in me being in America. She wrote a beautiful letter for my green card and wow. always, always supported my journey. She was very protective of that dance, right? I mean, she was very, very protective of... It was her life. His legacy. It was her life. And even Sweet Charity. I mean, think about that story, right? She, was star- she starred in it on Broadway... And when the movie went right. to Shirley MacLaine, Gwen Verdon went as assistant to Bob Fosse, went to Hollywood and worked on that film. That's how much, that's how much she, mm-hmm. she cared about that work. That's how invested she was in it. She was a very special lady. You don't see that very often from someone. That's, that's a generosity that's that I right. think is very rare. Yeah, or it's a 10,000-foot view where they, they see that the work is more important than they are somehow, or the legacy is, is they're contributing to a great legacy in a way. Yeah. And now you're part of that legacy because you've you know had that experience of of knowing the choreography and the history and you know behind yeah, every it's, movement. Yeah, it is. It's all it's all part of a legacy. We're all part of. We're all part that you know all of us part of Broadway history in a way. You know, we're we're this generation's gatekeepers of it. You know, I hope we don't burn it down. You know, I hope we do well because you know in 20 years it'll get passed to another generation. You know, and hope that they find their Hamilton and their Hello Dolly. You know, hope that they find their wonderful, shiny contributions to this art form. Because mm-hmm. you can't really own it. It doesn't, it doesn't belong to us. We just have to take care of it for a minute. Well, that's why we named this show The Fabulous Invalid, because that's exactly what that means, right? Okay. It's always in decline, and it's always coming back again, that being the theater. What advice do you have for a young person who's interested in doing what you do, um, other than say yes? <laughs> uh, get, get in a room and start. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Don't wait for someone to give you a chance to choreograph something. Just, just get choreographing. Like, put your pen on the paper and, and make a mark. Just do it. Just do it. You know, we all have iPhones. Like, just go in a studio, get some friends, go in Central Park, leap around. Like, just, just start doing it. That would be my biggest advice. Like, just don't, just don't wait for someone to open the door for you. Just, just start. And there are so many platforms. There are so many social media platforms or YouTube or any of these outlets that I never had when I was beginning that I think it's actually a really, I think it's fertile. I think the world is fertile Mm -hmm. and people's imaginations are fertile and people are are seeing and accepting dance in a new way now. If I was a young me, I'd say just like, yeah, take your Sony Handycam in the the garden and leap around and and make a dance. Love it. I'm gonna spend an entire week, starting today, just saying yes. And I'm going to see what that gets. I'm serious about this. I'm going to see what I'm going to see what happens. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious, especially creatively, especially yeah. creatively. Because even if you feel no, something is something is going to happen. Yeah. Something is going to happen. It's I'll really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about it. Um, so the opposite of that is there's a there's a there's a line in a chorus line where one of the dancers says something to the effect of, "If you couldn't dance, what else would you do?" So what, what, would you, what would you have done if you hadn't danced, if you hadn't choreographed, and you hadn't directed? Probably die. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's I a good thing. Know. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a I tough question. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
I don't know, something, something creative. I love words. I loved English in school. I loved music in school. I loved art in school. Some, something creative. That's interesting because you said earlier that, the, that one of the joys of Kiss Me Kate was marrying the words to the dance. Mm. So it, it's it, an it, interesting... It's, it is an interesting there. connection. Yeah. It is there. It is there. No matter what, it's there. It, do you, and do you find that in everything that you choreograph? Is it always about the words? Or is this just particular because Cole Porter's so new to you? I think different things strike me in different projects. You know, for After Midnight, it was Duke Ellington's orchestrations mm -hmm. because I heard it like dialogue. So then the dances were easy because it was like, no, that that's a trombone. That's that that's the girl. That's that five foot four girl with those hips. Yeah. She's a trombone. I got it. Like it, it did itself. Oh my um, God, I am a trombone. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I always knew I was. Oh, <laughs> but that's how I heard it. It's funny. That's how that struck me. And with Kiss Me Kate, the, the marriage of, of music and lyric, the exquisite marriage of music and lyric really struck me with that. Hello Dolly had a kind of bright, uh, un uncorseted kind of abandon. I love that the whole story took place in one day. Mm. And I love that everybody kind of had spring fever. Everybody behaved in, in extraordinary, unusual ways in that particular story. And I loved it. I loved it. Everybody was completely nuts. Yeah. Just for that one day. Yeah, and then true. it all kind of went back to normal. Mm -hmm. Everything worked out, and they all got what they wanted, and then, and then life went on. But that and one day... And everything's different. Yeah. Everything the next day was completely turned upside yeah. down. Um, so different things, different things in different projects kind of attach, mm -hmm. attach themselves to me, or I attach to them. Yeah. It's hard to pick one thing. Yeah, because it's not the same thing every time. Because there isn't, for me, there isn't a formula. I'm not a kind of formulaic... Creator, I don't just impose my vision on the material, no matter what the material is. I'm not that guy. I like to, I like to let the material lead me. I like to be brave enough sometimes to do that, or to not know the answer, to go into rehearsal not knowing the answer. It's a really scary thing, but I, I like to do that. In some cases, I like to not know. I like the play to teach me, or I like the actors to teach me, or the music to teach me somehow. I think that's a much, in my opinion, that's a much more organic way of, of getting to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to let you. We ask. Yeah. We we, we want to let you go because I know you're very busy. But we do have one final question that we ask everyone, and that is, was there a show or a movie or something in particular that you saw as a young person and that made you want to do what you do? Top hat, mm. top hat, mm. top hat. I'm building up my shirt front, putting in the shirt studs. Polishing my nails, I'm stepping out, my dear, to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class. Well, Warren Carlyle, it was a delight having you come down. Thank you so much. You're looking so Thank handsome you. in this suit. I wish you all could yeah, see you him. Yeah, very dapper. Very today. dapper. Oh, well, oh, right, right. No, take, a, take a photo. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Well, thank you. Right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Rob here with You May Be Wondering. Warren Carlyle has become a prominent Broadway choreographer over the past two decades, following in the footsteps of many major innovators whose dances and musical staging have been integral to the success of the American musical theater. Since its inception, dance has always been a staple of Broadway entertainment. The Black Crook, which many consider to be the first musical, featured dancing in its 1866 premiere. But the first musical to make dramatic use of classical dance would be On Your Toes in 1936. The second act ballet, Slaughter on 10th Avenue, 
was a groundbreaking success because Russian-born choreographer George Balanchine used the piece to further the plot of the show, something that had never been done before. Balanchine would go on to find great fame as the founder of the New York City Ballet, but in the second half of the 20th century, choreographers, sometimes doubling as directors, would emerge as major artistic forces in the theater, titans who shaped the form. Jerome Robbins, whose breakout was 1944's On the Town, went on to create iconic dances for shows like The King and I, West Side Story, and Fiddler on the Roof, earning a much-celebrated review of his own work in 1989 that won Best Musical. Eight-time Tony-winning choreographer Bob Fosse, whose posthumous 1999 review also won Best Musical, created the single most identifiable style of musical theater choreography, building on the earlier jazz-infused innovations of Jack Cole and adding his own sexy and idiosyncratic touches, from hunched shoulders and knock knees to the use of hats, gloves, and yes, jazz hands. Fosse's unparalleled mark made hits of The Pajama Game, Damn Yankees, Sweet Charity, and Pippin. His film version of Cabaret is among the best movie musicals ever made, and the 1997 revival of his masterpiece Chicago is now the longest-running American musical in Broadway history. Michael Bennett broke out of the chorus to become the force behind showstoppers and Promises, Promises, and Follies, changing musical theater altogether with a chorus line in 1975, and creating Dreamgirls, all before dying from complications of AIDS at age 44. By the 1980s, Tommy Toon topped the town with a string of hits from Nine to My One and Only, Grand Hotel, and The Will Rogers Follies. Of course, I could go on. Michael Kidd, Gower Champion, Joe Layton, Donald Sadler, and Ron Field were all contemporaries of Robinson Fosse. And in this century, new director-choreographers like Jerry Mitchell, Rob Ashford, Casey Nicola, Andy Blankenbuehler, Christopher Gatelli, Sergio Trujillo, and yes, Warren Carlyle, have formed a whole new generation of Broadway choreographers. You may be wondering, hey, that's a lot of dudes. What about the women? While it is true that like so many functions in the theater, the role of choreographer has been historically dominated by men, there are, of course, a number of women who have broken through and made a mark on their own. In fact, the very first Tony Award for Best Choreography went to a woman, Agnes DeMille for Brigadoon, though of course she shared the award with Michael Kidd, who was recognized for Finian's Rainbow. From 1951 to 1986, though, among few nominations, no woman won a Tony for choreography. That said, I've already named one tremendous leader, Agnes DeMille. Like Balanchine and Robbins, she hailed from the world of ballet and joined with Rodgers and Hammerstein and director Ruben Mamoulian to create Oklahoma in 1943, which featured the famous dream ballet sequence, the first of its kind to use dance to reveal the inner thoughts of a musical's characters. The Carousel Waltz, which begins 1945's Carousel, was another major innovation crafted by DeMille, opening a musical with a ballet rather than a song. All told, she would choreograph over a dozen original musicals, including her dances for Brigadoon, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and Paint Your Wagon. Anna White choreographed a number of Golden Age musicals in the 1950s and 1960s, including Guys and Dolls, The Music Man, and Mame. Starting in the 1970s, Patricia Birch became a frequent collaborator of director Hal Prince. They'd work on six musicals, including A Little Night Music, Candide, and Parade. British choreographer Gillian Lynn created the iconic choreography for Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats and The Phantom of the Opera. And Argentine-American director and choreographer Graciela Danielle, who studied with Martha Graham and Merce Cunningham, became known for infusing her work with movement inspired by her Latin heritage and earning eight Tony nominations in the process. Kathleen Marshall has wowed audiences with her choreography for a string of major revivals, from Kiss Me Kate in 1999 to The Pajama Game and Anything Goes. And Susan Stroman remains perhaps the most accomplished female choreographer and director in modern Broadway history, winning four Tony Awards for her choreography from 10 nominations, 
the most wins and nominations of any woman in the field. Her career highlights include Crazy For You, Showboat, Contact, The Music Man, The Producers, Oklahoma, The Scottsboro Boys, among others. Still, Stroman, Marshall, and Kelly Devine, who was nominated for Come From Away, remain the few women who consistently work as choreographers on Broadway. In fact, of 13 new musicals on Broadway this season, none features a female choreographer. Last season saw Susan Stroman and Kelly Devine, along with Camille A. Brown. These incredible women notwithstanding, it is still rare to see a woman direct or choreograph a musical on Broadway. And that's been the case since Agnes DeMille first wore both hats for 1947's Allegro. Dance is an integral part of musical theater. I celebrate the male choreographers like Warren Carlyle, who make it happen, and at the same time hope we can see more women given the opportunity to choreograph on Broadway soon. Like a shooting star, I will go the distance, I will search the world, I will face it harms, I don't care how far, I will go the distance till I find Jamie here. That's our show. Thanks for listening. You can hear us anytime on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. The Fabulous Invalid is a production of O&M Etc. and The Fabulous Invalid LLC, which is really just Jamie and Rob. Our theme music is by Lucky Chops. Today's episode was edited and engineered by Aaron Kaufman. Find us online at fabulousinvalid.com and on social media at fabulousinvalid. It's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.